Hey, how's it going, man? Welcome again to Lock Screen Combos. My name is Tunji. And I'm Uzo. You know what? I've lost track of the count. I think it's 13. I think it's 13. <laughs> but yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll figure it out when I'm, once I upload it. But yeah, I think it's 13. Anyway, how you doing now? Uh, you're telling me you went out, you're working out and everything. Summer is coming. So, you know, trying to be fit, eh? Fit fam, fit fam, man. Like, I've been eating macarons all day, every day. Like, <laughs> you got to shed those pounds and get in shape, you know? Like, I can't blame you. Yo, I'm going to tell you. So, I, I, you can believe for the first time in my life, I had to move my, move my lawn. Like, the backyard and the front. Because, like, the grass was going so high. So, I borrowed my neighbor's lawnmower. Um, and then... What what happened was no, it broke. No, 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 it didn't break. No, no, hold on. So I, I, my next door neighbor lent me her lawnmower. That was fine. That was over the weekend, and I bought my friend's lawnmower, who's on, who's also my neighbor too. And that was a electric powered one. And as I was mowing, I before I knew it, I the the thing stepped on the cable, so the cable broke. Oh, yeah. So I had to go, I had to go buy a new one, but in doing so, I had to, this was yesterday. So I ordered through, imagine this, there were like a hundred and something cables at Home Depot, but I can't walk in obviously because of lockdowns or the um, curbs I picked up. So I ordered one and it wasn't until today that they said I can come and pick it up. And so I drove eventually. They said there were still current orders from Monday asset this morning, Wednesday morning. Hmm. So I got that. And then everything's working now. But at the same time, because I wanted to like save time, I like, so the old cable that broke, I kind of like glued things together. So like I put like the couple wires together and I like, used masking tape just to like get it working. Get out. Much. And, and it worked. Style. Yeah, it worked, man. It worked. Oh, man. Man, <laughs> I'm actually impressed. Like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds so dodgy, but like I'm so glad it worked. <laughs> I was like, look, I have how much to do today. Let me get out the way. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I, but I bought a new cable, the exact same one. So, nice. that was some some hacking thing I had to do. That is, it. you know what? That's that's the best hack we've had on the podcast so far. <laughs> I, I like that one. I like that one. If yeah. you mess up, if you mess up your borrowed lawnmower, all you need is some masking tape and or what, what kind of tape? Yeah, masking tape. Wow. You can even buy electric tapes. <laughs> At all. It was, literally one, it was literally the one I had in the house. I just, like, you know, put up, um, you know, just, like, the, the coppers together and glue mm-hmm. up and, like, got it working. Like, all right, gangster. Let me just finish my, my mowing and then, you know, I'm going to wow. eventually throw it away. But at least I got a new one, the exact same brand, color, everything, 50 feet. So, yeah, that's... That's been my day so far. Congratulations on the best hack on the podcast so far. Thank you. That, that I like. <laughs> I, need, I need to step my own up. <laughs> now, I mean, now I'll be looking around for wires to cut. Just <laughs> I'll be walking around with scissors recklessly. Like, no, I'm big, I'm big. But uh, weather is nice, you know. Canada, Ontario is looking beautiful, you know. So, mm-hmm. meanwhile, your birthday's coming up soon. Though. I haven't forgotten. June 24th precisely you're you're good with this but but now that you've put this on the podcast like people uh, are now like ah we, we've gotten one part of his um, <laughs> security questions we know his date of birth 
Don't worry. I, I'm Do waiting it, for it. And it's, and it's, uh, and it's, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm waiting for you to ask me for my SIN number. That's when I know. What's his name? Um, on my mother's maiden name. Eric Snowden. <laughs> uh, that, Do I know that, that's when I know something. Actually, I, I don't. Think, I don't. If you think hard enough, you probably do. But that's mm-hmm. let me not even give any any ideas. <laughs> be, be, before you top your hacks on the podcast, <laughs> I just see my credit score at zero. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> man. Um, uh, speaking of which, and speaking of hacks, we'll talk today about tech in Africa, and mm-hmm. that's a loaded statement. Thinking about it, so how should we approach this? Should we focus on Nigeria? And then Africa eventually, or what are you thinking? I mean, I let let's start with the place we have some connection with Nigeria. Let let let's go there, and if the conversation spirals outwards, so be it. Yeah, because I feel like you know Africa is obviously a huge, massive continent, and right, right. So that I mean, even Nigeria alone, is a massive country. So it's just the diverse peoples and. It's, but obviously there are some shared similarities, but yeah, I think we start with uh, Nigeria first and like just our experience. And so, yeah, I think, um, so. Wait, back, before, before you get into it, you were mentioning something about Twitter and Nigeria. And I used to be a big Twitter user. I know you had like massive Twitter accounts in the yeah. past and probably still do. So what's, what's going on with Twitter and Nigeria? Let, let's start there. Yeah, so for me, yeah, Twitter has was, I mean, the time I was hooked on that thing. Uh, it's obviously plateaued now. I don't, I'm not, I don't use it as much. But cut long story short, the service has been, I like to use the word shadow banned in Nigeria. So it's not like, like what we see in China per se, where there's like a proper firewall ban, like you can't really access Twitter from China. But um, in Nigeria, what has, what has happened is they have a situation where, so the, the, the backstory was uh, the President Buhari made a, made a series of tweets and according to Twitter, they felt like that violated their policies. And what, did, what did he tweet about? Do you know the tweets? I, I, I don't know anything about the situation. So, I mean, there's been, there's been a bit of unrest in the country and I think... I can't remember everything, but he kind of alluded to referencing the Biafra War, almost like people born today, they know much about the Biafra War and or the Civil War. Let me use that instead. And, you know, pretty much like saying that he will show them that kind of thing. I, I might be paraphrasing wrongly, but he was trying to, due to all the unrest, he was trying to pretty much instigate that you know, it could get gully. And mm-hmm. Twitter felt like that violated its terms of service or whatever. So a few days afterwards... They, so they deleted his tweet? Yeah, it was deleted. His tweets were deleted. And mm-hmm. there, it, there was an order that uh, Twitter should be banned. Now, the way I understand it is you can still tweet using VPN services, Mm-hmm. But the mobile networks, which is the way most people tweet Nigeria, are not allowed right. to, you're not allowed, they're not allowed to give you access to Twitter. 
So MTN, Glow, and other major mobile networks have pretty much blocked access to Twitter from your phone. Gotcha. If you want to tweet, you have to use a VPN service. And now they're saying that if you use a VPN service to tweet, that you can be persecuted too. So it's become a huge discussion. I mean, you're talking about like churches and businesses that are global that have presence in Nigeria saying, okay, so are we not allowed to tweet anymore? Because like they're global, right? So mm-hmm. for instance, so I think Pastor Deboye, that's Redeem Church of God, sorry, Redeem Christian Church of God said, you know, RCCG is a global ministry. And so if like we can tweet from the US, and I can't think like, what does this really mean? This mm-hmm. not- clear yet but essentially i guess within the shores of nigeria if you are tweeting or caught tweeting you could be charged or something so lord you're you're joking this is insane yeah it's 2021 bro i mean yeah i i this is a this is a this is definitely a loaded place to start the tech in africa conversation very loaded um so I mean, first off, they deleted tweets. I mean, I guess Twitter does do that. They delete tweets that they don't, they find some type of way. Um, But, and I mean, ultimately, they even ended up banning a a U.S. president. I think he was even a sitting U.S. president at the time he was banned from from Twitter. Oh, speaking Uh, of which, and he he even gave him a pass in the back too, like, you know, 45 said, you know, that was a good job on, on Buhari's part for banning Twitter in Nigeria. Well, I mean, I I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> let, let, me just, <laughs> let, let, me, let me just sidestep that nicely for a second. <laughs> and uh, I, do you think they overreached by deleting his tweet? Do you think it was like a, a problematic tweet? So that's one of those questions that it's, it's, it's a constant debate. So to answer the question, I, th- I think Twitter was obviously in its rights as far as like, this is their service. This is what they consider to be, mm-hmm. you know, against their service. You know, if you go against the services, da, 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 it's, I guess it's, quote-unquote, plain to see, you know, according to their own policies. The big question now comes with how powerful big tech is and when it comes to the sovereignty of governments and, you know, freedom of speech and all that stuff, that's where it gets murky. So I can't... It's one of those things I'm, I'm not for or against... But I'm definitely strongly against hampering people from voicing their own opinions because there's been, for a long time, I mean, there's been a social media ban bill that has been circulating in the country for a while, that is Nigeria. So the Senate has been talking about, I guess, regulating Twitter or, you know, just making, just making it hard to voice your opinions. Mm-hmm. And so there's, 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 some, there's some history. It wasn't like today they started talking about this. Like they've been wanting to clamp down on social media in general. And mm-hmm. so this was like the one trigger that was like, you know what, 
the camel's back is broken. We're banning this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this has the potential of like going into other social media platforms eventually, like YouTube or any just anywhere where people are expressing themselves. And Twitter is by far the most potent mm. platform used to like just talk about issues with the government, policing. I mean, NSARS, remember, that was a big, big, probably mm. the biggest political movement I've seen in Nigeria on social media. And mm-hmm. we all know like what happened from there. And as a matter of fact, I mean, not too long ago, we talked about the crypto ban also. And I think the NSARS thing played a big part in that. And obviously, crypto is also another tech thing and it's it's a very strange place to be right now Hmm. and i don't know if i'm because usually i am optimistic but i don't know if i can be very optimistic with the leadership and how they view tech in general because tech was supposed to be the ultimate thing that you know as far as like democracy, you know, the, 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 the possibility of building something with your ideas and creating something new. But now with all these, you know, government policies and restrictions, I mean, I don't really know. What do you think? Um, so while you were talking, I was trying to look up the deleted tweets um, to see an image of it. Uh, give me a second. I found something that had the text, but the way it was quoted, I don't think it gave me the full um, perspective. Like, mm. it, like it, it was chopped up in a certain way. Oh, I found it. I found. I think I found a picture of it. Could you share it, please? Yeah, definitely. Give me a second. I'm sending it to you. Did you see the original tweet before it was deleted? I I I did, but like I, I just came through it. Like I didn't take it. Okay. I mean, so I, 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 yeah. I just, I just wanted to so that you can like verify if the one I'm sending is the one. I, I think I should just make out make make it out. Oh, okay, you sent it right. Let me look through it. Yeah. Now. What it says, the one I have up is. Many of those misbehaving today are too young to be aware of the destruction and loss of lives that occurred during the Nigerian Civil War. Those of us in the field for 30 months who went through the war will treat them in a language they understand. Mm. Heavy. Hmm. Okay, so this is this is the way so so the quote I saw from the New York Times cut off a portion of this tweet and made it sound a bit more aggressive or maybe a bit more like i'm not saying this is this does this can be interpreted aggressively mm. but it also reminds me of an old nigerian man talking you know and it does it does he may not <laughs> he, he may not mean it in a genocidal or distinct way it's just like these young people they don't even in fact let me read it the way it sounds in my head <laughs> any of those behaving today are too young to be aware of the destruction and loss of lives that occurred during the Nigerian uh, civil war those of us sealed for 30 years 30 months who went through the war will treat them in the language they understand. And to me, it's just like, 
it, it, like it's such a Nigeria thing for someone to say, but I can see how it could be taken out of context for think, people who didn't grow up around people like this. I think also now we're getting into some really murky waters. So thinking back to the Civil War, right? It was mm-hmm. literally a war against. I don't know much about it. I don't know any like like I know like near zero about it. Wow, and you're Igbo. Whoa. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I know I heard you. I thought you were going to continue with something else. Oh yeah, it's so you know about the Biafra War, right? You've heard about it before. Heard about it, but like the yeah. details of it, not like I'm a poor student of history. So I mean, okay. So anyone listening here, if you're Igbo, I beg. This is I'm not I'm not perfect in this, you know, but I will say disclaimer, I, my mom is from uh is also Igbo and our family in some way was affected well in the past but essentially it was uh, the the eastern part of nigeria wanted to secede from nigeria due to um i just i, I guess they wanted to control their own future right and so there was essentially right. a civil war within nigeria mostly between the north and the southeast so evils versus the the north and some other like neighboring, I guess, non-Ebo towns, but like they're considered part of Biafra too. And so millions died in that war, millions. And many people ended up going like to the US to find refuge or the UK. So it's a very touchy subject. And even till this day, there are are still people who want the Biafra nation to to exist. And Mm -hmm. so it's a touchy thing, man. Looking at the optics, so this is another now, the president's another now, talking about the civil war and how he was in the trenches. And a lot of people who are people, most people who I saw that had issues with the people from the East. And so right. for them, just like, you're bringing back memories that this is a country that hasn't necessarily acknowledged that there was a war, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe they have, but like not acknowledge the casualties and that kind of thing. So it's till this day, I mean, it's a touchy subject. And then it's like, we're talking about, you know, those who are not in the trenches. So it's, it brings back old wounds, mm. you know? So it's a very, um, yeah, it's a very sensitive discussion. I think main Nigerians, I mean, the people already complain about what's going on in the country and that kind of thing. And so to see that it was just like, wow, why would you, bring back those memories. And so I just feel, so just going back to our topic, I just feel like within the Nigerian sphere that there's the obvious private sector and the public sector. And I feel like in the last 15, 20 years, we've seen so much growth in the private sector, largely due to technology. So I remember like the first major tech revolution in Nigeria was GSM. Mm. So like mobile phones and, you know, texting was like a new thing and people had new ways to market your goods, to communicate. Coming from Nitel, again, a public service that was nonsense. And then we had the private sector doing these amazing things. And then entertainment grew. So new software, new hardware, 
people build things without that much government support. And then the tech revolution came about. So people started building things in, I think most Nigerian startups that have gained a lot of funding are like in the finance space. So Paystack, I think even your, your friends, right? The guys that you need from Ogba. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, those ones are, um, what's it called? Pig, piggy Vest is what piggy they have vest. now. Or or I, I don't know if that's still the name. I know the, the name changed or something. Yeah, so like there's all these new startups in finance. Crypto obviously was, you know, was like a really big deal with, People wanting to hedge their Naira with Naira declining in value. So there were all these interesting movements going on. There was even this service, I can't remember what it's called, but essentially you could you could hail, you could, uh, like Uber, right? Uber for motorcycles. You mm-hmm. know how Okada is everywhere in Nigeria. Yeah, Gokada. Gokada and all the services. And then eventually it was like all these, restrictions came in and regulations like saying, oh, to, to start this company, you need to pay a couple million there and this and that. And it's just like, whenever there's, it's always, it, there's always something that stifles innovation in Nigeria. And I'm just like, why? These are people who are trying to just get by and all it takes is one regulation. Sometimes it doesn't even go to the Senate. It doesn't go through Congress. Well, Congress like, well, essentially not, we don't have Congress in Nigeria, but like, they don't need to pass it through any of these checks and balances. They just say, we're burning this, and then boom. If you're in that business, that's it. No, you know, no... Um, recourse. Recourse, nothing. And I'm just like, that must be really, really hard. Like, would you, with, with all this discussion, like, we've talked about trying to build things for Nigeria as tech people and that kind of thing. How are you, do you think with all these things going on, are you, do you think there's still hope or what do you think needs to change? This is a good question. And I I feel that, hmm, let me, I feel there's hope. I still feel there's plenty hope. And um, what I would like to compared the situation to is um, even just like, let's take America. Um, you can call that the um, the Mecca of um, tech progress or just progress in general, innovation, yeah. the Mecca of innovation of our times. And you will see that time and time again, Paul, like, it may not be from the government, but the market itself has changed and the environment has been changing and molding and whatever business you're in could collapse. Not because like the, the classic example of our time is Blockbuster and Netflix. It wasn't a government, re, re, um, it wasn't a government passed bill or Thing that made Netflix uh, blockbuster go away. It was the market itself changing. And I feel that in Nigeria, if like, yes, the government is influences the market, but in reality, the market itself influences itself. And 
there are many participants that come out of angles you don't expect. The music industry is one that has sustained so many different attacks from technology itself. And so this is somebody's livelihood. And then all of a sudden Napster comes up. And just when they think they have a hold on Napster, something else comes up. And just when they think they have a hold on that, um, Spotify and all these other music streaming services come up. And the way we were talking about album sales before, it's basically irrelevant. Who's 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 nobody's selling albums. We're now talking about streams and listens yeah. and play counts and you know the royalty system that had been designed and many people have built industries and life uh, and companies and stuff on top of is largely irrelevant when you can just go on sound soundcloud or go to um distro kid and do your own publishing across a bunch of things and start and, and promote and then you you then promote yourself my, my point is that disruption comes from many places and every ecosystem experiences disruption in nigeria a fair share of it comes from the government but in reality even when you don't have the government being the source of the major source of disruption you will still experience it and basically no business model is safe no industry is safe and you it, it is what it is so i have hope because disruption doesn't mean that change can't like the, these sort of disruptive activities just means that the market keeps changing. And that means the pieces settle to different levels. Um, the, the different industries have strengths and weaknesses over time. Like I, I think I mentioned with COVID, if you're in Nigeria selling hand sanitizer pre-COVID, you were a you 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 must have been some fanatic about cleanliness because why are you who who do you think is even your market here? But then post-COVID, you now have a, a burgeoning business that would not have been anywhere near successful prior, and that's just that that's um, a global change, but. We have those sort of changes even on smaller levels. Big banks in Nigeria who are the, the arbiters of money passing are getting disrupted by a couple of, you know, uh, millennials with their laptops. And they don't have, like, Paystack, I believe, like, it's not as if they have branches across the country where they're doing stuff, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't, they're not deploying as much cash or infrastructure as any Nigerian bank. The smallest of Nigerian banks probably has like a much bigger operation than Paystack. And yet Paystack is here disrupting all the stuff they were doing and bringing digital payments to, to right to the, to the people, right to the masses, to the street. And so, you know, the, it, it, the disruption for a, a bank that looked basically rock solid, came from a, a, a wing nobody was really, I mean, they weren't expecting. And I feel that is what will continue to happen. Change will come from an area you don't expect in Nigeria and outside of Nigeria. So it's just, do you believe change can happen? If you do, then you, you may not be able to know or track or describe what it would look like but then when it comes it'll be inevitable and you're like yep definitely this has changed so i i think 
This is, and I agree with you, what you said so far. I, one thing I wanted to add is, this is based on the premise that Nigerians believe that their future belongs to them and they can decide who they want to govern them. Or what am I saying they? I'm Nigerian too. We decide who we want to be our president. So, um, I don't think what I said was based on that. Um, no. I think Eve, go on. Go yeah, on. so it's, it, I, 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 I get what you're trying to say. Because you reference, you talk about the market forces and how the government can be a disruptor, also, right? Or the environment, like like COVID, was a disruptor of things, and like many things can disrupt. Exactly. So, in in a way, how like you mentioned Napster, eventually innovation found a way to pretty much we don't no one we talk about piracy in music industry anymore. Not like they used to, but it's mm-hmm. streaming has largely taken care of that user experience, mobile services, and that kind of stuff, it's been pretty much, at least past six years or so, has been pretty good for the industry. So when I think when the government becomes a disruptor, what is the antidote? The antidote usually is when you go out to vote. And, and so that is, a government comes in to put in policies that stifle innovation and then you say, you know what, we don't want it anymore. We go out there and vote. But I don't know how confident I am with the next elections that that's going to happen. I mean, we've had a sort, of, a sort of democracy since 1999 where you vote this person in, they do their term, and they leave. I, I hope that can happen again. I mean, we saw how we've seen how, you know, even strong democracies can be hijacked, but due to powerful institutions at play, you know, these things don't last. I don't know how strong our institutions are in Nigeria to the point where if, you know, somebody can, if someone decides to hijack and say, I'm not stepping down, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm going far left now, but yeah, I just think personally that would be, a, a huge contributing factor to just ensuring that technology continues to grow because all these governments coming into the system. And I think that, again, the market forces want to play. The market forces in Nigeria are always in play. Like, if it's a demand for something, someone's going to create something. Microfinance banking was really because most, a lot of Nigerians can't afford or don't quote-unquote, qualify for traditional banking. And so microfinance banking came, up, came about. You could get simple loans and small loans here and there. But then what, happened, what happens is you have all these strong regulations and stuff like that that make it harder. So I don't know. I, I just feel like something needs to be done as far as Nigerians saying, this is who we want. We want somebody who is pro-democracy, pro-freedom of speech, and all that. Well, what do you think? Mm, I because, like, because I guess my question, my, my main, my question would be like, can the market forces bend the hand of the government to remove the Twitter ban? 
I think that's 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 where I'm trying to go. Like okay, that that okay, that's a different question entirely, and I think it is a, it is possible, but are the important hands in the market um, are the important individuals in the market interested in staking the like putting their foot down on this issue? I don't. I mean, I, I'm only just hearing about it, and I don't assume that they have that much invested, like if I if you t- invested in the matter to oppose the government or try and um, make this like they have things they want to do. Like if you're a telecom company now, for example, th- those those are some of the major industries in Nigeria. Why would they be motivated to do this? Um, they they're they're looking for licensing with the government to put up more poles to reach this. They need exactly. permits all the time, so they need to be in the government's good graces to continue business. And um, you could individual like the CEOs or like the the leadership of these organizations may be may be opposed to the ban, but realistically, their interaction with the government puts them in a space where they need to be in good graces with the government and opposing them is just, and, and the market is very fierce. There's like the, the telecom industry in Nigeria is cutthroat. Like it's, it's hard to determine if they're even like, if they're making money because there's everything is just so cutthroat right now in that market. Um, the, the point I'm getting at is them, Dangote and the rest, like, they may be individually or privately, if you talk to them, they may be opposed to this thing, but what is their motivation to actually flex their muscle to influence the government to act one way or the other? I don't really see it, and as such, I don't expect them to do so. That being said, the Nigerian government itself has adopted Twitter a lot. Um, they pretty much... I. When I was more active on Twitter, I noticed that a lot of governmental departments in Nigeria had their own Twitter accounts and used it fairly regularly. And so this was one way that the Nigerian government used to keep people in, in diaspora up to date. I'm sure people internally too, but also like it became their podium to reach out to the world and, 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 and not be dependent on the press the government departments could do it themselves. So they might feel some like pushback or like hear some things internally. You know, um, the, the other part to look at is this is Buhari's second term. And when this is over, like this feels more like a private beef between Buhari and Twitter being exercised through the government, through the, through the mask of Nigeria. But 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 that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, let's even say, let's even say we trust our decisions to the point where it's like he can't do a third term. I, I want to believe so. There's been rumors that that could happen, wow. but let's just say I trust- this is this is deep conspiracy theory parts. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but that's been going on, but. How confident are we that the next person that gets voted in? I'm not saying third term. I don't. I don't necessarily. It, I don't necessarily mean him, 
but someone who wants to quote unquote carry on the legacy of this current administration. Fair enough. Okay, right. A successor. So, exactly. So it'll just, it'll be like a you know Buhari three point zero kind of scenario. Okay. Where okay. it's like the same thing about you know social different media person. and this and that, but just a different administration. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I can accept that as a, a, a distinct possibility. Yeah. And so, and so I think, because this is one of those things that I guess has a lot of people talking. Well, regionally, I would say like within the southern part of Nigeria, like how can Nigeria go forward from this? Who are we voting for? You know, and what policies are they going to put in place to ensure that there's some form of progress? Because it can't go on like this. You know, it's, and I'm, I'm trying to be careful not to make this a regional thing, but the truth of the matter is, Nigeria does think regionally, you know, and it, it's the South doesn't think the same way as the North, this and that. And we all know that power resides majority in the north abuja is considered it's not really north but it's north north enough to be considered north and the private sector in as much as how many billions they make they are nowhere as close to the government just needs a pen to say this is going to happen and there's nothing anybody can do unless you're going to lobby and lobby means a couple billion dollars or maybe naira that you have to spend to get what you want so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens here. Like, is there going to be some form of silent revolution where it's like people mobilize more and it's like people think strategically, we're thinking strategically about who we want in office. And as far as like, because NSARS was one of those moments where people were talking about what they want from the government, as far as policing, this, that, and the third. So... I'm curious, and and this is something I'm watching also. I'm watching this space to see like who is coming out. The the old heads are not going to do it for us. Like just forget it. They are not going to do it. They don't have the capacity or the brain power because enough thinking. They're, they're still thinking in colonial Nigeria. I mean, there's above the average age of the average Nigerian age is nineteen. So you have a huge youth population that wants to work, wants to build stuff, is creative. I mean, I we have Nigeria is also like a huge tech resource. Like people from outside the country are hiring developers within Nigeria. So you have all these talented people, but yet like we're not seeing the results in the country. And it's just like a huge repository of talent that is begging for exposure and it's it's hard to watch, but I am really curious to see. The elections are in less than two years from now, twenty twenty three. Yeah, they're about about two years from now, and I'm really curious to see how we mobilize and decide who's going to lead and what policies they're going to put in place. Let me let me let me put the other side of the coin for you. What if actions like this by Twitter become the domino effect that push it to irrelevancy because we've seen social media networks come and go and it's not like the government is opposed to 
TikTok or Facebook per se, or at least as far as we can tell from this ban. And on the other hand, we see Twitter like engaging in active like modification of discourse, shutting out a a a former U.S. president and um, deleting tweets that of of uh, of a sitting president of a country, and you can like at this point, you know, like are they creating enough like scenarios for themselves where the political class and the feel that these that twitter is not a safe platform to distribute their message as they thought it was um and they start moving to other platforms and this creates new effects where twitter would be like we'll be talking about it like we talk about myspace it's like oh remember the days when we had twitter accounts and now nobody uses twitter and it's starts from somewhere do you like what what i'm trying to say here is that there could be the other side of the coin where the person that comes out worse from this interaction is twitter rather than nigeria per se and this is just one of the domino effects that lead us to the point where twitter twitter the network is not as impactful as it once was in its height. And you see it with everything. You see it with like the Grammys, you see it with like a lot of things where they were like the top and like nobody else could, like that was it. That was the pinnacle of stuff. And then all of a sudden they're irrelevant. Um, Twitter itself is in danger of being that. If not just for being a social network, but actively modifying very powerful people's discourse that could put them in the wrong, set them on the wrong trajectory. And we may, what may come from this, this ban is less influence overall in, in, in time by Twitter. That's a really, really good question and quite insightful, I must say. And so first things first, Nigeria is definitely an, an important market uh, for Twitter. Africa in general is an important market for Twitter because we like to talk. We talk a lot. Yeah. And as far as just movements, I mean, NSARS had its own emoji. There's a current emoji called Keep It On. I think there was, in, there was one, the video had this thing called Echoke, had his own emoji. So right. Jack Dorsey has tweeted, has come to Nigeria, I think once or twice, been to Ghana. And I think Nigeria was supposed to be the headquarters for Twitter in Africa, but they ended up going to Ghana for cases like this, like we're discussing about today. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it is by far, Nigeria is an important market for Twitter. I don't know how large it is, but it's definitely significant enough. Now, let's look at places like China and where, you know, China has its own, so like, I don't think you can tweet from China, but there are alternatives from the government. So, because obviously there's, there's always going to be demand for, for speech in some way. It's just that it's, 
it's um, censored, so to speak. And so, like, I think they have their own Google, their own YouTube and everything. So it's really monitored and it goes with what the government wants as far as like communication, that kind of thing. In Nigeria, there hasn't been that alternative. And so, yes, it is possible that Twitter's power or big tech's power that it thought it had, because when Twitter banned Trump or the sitting president, the discussion was, you know, how, like, how much power can these corporations have? And I think that's one of the, the, the cast is about freedom of speech because, you know, to, to what extent can a private citizen or corporation extend its freedom of speech rights? And so in a country like Nigeria where freedom of speech is, I don't, I, I, I would say you have, there is freedom of speech. I mean, I, even with all this ban and stuff, Nigeria is still by far. <laughs> I, uh, sorry, the way the way I would describe it is, yeah, free to talk, but what you see what will happen. The consequence is not it's not it's, it's yeah. in your hands. <laughs> Thank you. You you see what will happen after you finish talking. Word word to Idi Amin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, this, that was not a that was the least expected shout out in, in this podcast ever. Hey, so, oh, okay. Best, best, best hack and most unexpected shout out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Frames is uh, doing his thing today. I'm doing my homework. Oh. Mm. But yeah, so but in general, I mean, back in the 90s, you couldn't do this. I talk about a person like this for where they're coming to your house. So, like, there has we've made leaps in at least our ability to talk about our government and demand what we want. Nigeria is, strangely enough, one of the most democratic countries in Africa. Facts. It's Why just, is that strange to you? Um, because because looking, looking inside, you might think we're not democratic enough. There might be... A, Compared to other countries that I mean, we've had successive transition of power since 1999, our neighbors don't have that. Cameroon has, has the same president since I can't remember. You know, so we, it's in, in terms I, of. I see your point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not many countries have that democracy of like every four years or whatever tenure power changes hands, that kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not perfect, but at least it exists. Now, but I feel like the 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 rapid the rapid pace of the private sector is moving way faster than the government because putting I mean even like infrastructure has been a mess, and so the private sector in, left to left to regular citizens many things have been changed by now the roads electricity all that stuff but. The innovation mm-hmm. is fast outpacing what the government has been able to do. So the only thing they can, the only thing they can do right now is to ban things and put these type regulations. So and it puts us in a very interesting place where I, I think I've gone off point, but I was it's still because so so Twitter's relevance, I think. I wouldn't say it's an anti-fragile company. You, you, you've heard about anti-fragile, right? 
Right. Right. So I I don't think they will lose. I still think they'll be there. I just don't think but I think now they begin to see that they're not as bulletproof as I think they are. That mm. companies, countries can decide to put in policies to do this and that. So and I think that just brings it, I think it also raises questions about just the general internet and what we consider public. democracy. Pardon me? What we consider public, free, accessible. Exactly. This could possibly bring about, and I, this is going to another discussion. So decentralized social social media. So that's more of a crypto blockchain thing where there are some social networks where this type of censoring literally cannot happen because it's on the blockchain. And so whether or not you want to ban it, it's out there, you can't stop it. But that's like a whole nother story entirely. I think as with everything, we don't know, it's, it's, it's indefinite, this ban is indefinite. I am curious to see what comes out of this. No Nigerians were very sharp people. Very before you know it, start thinking about alternatives and new ways to go about this because people love to tweet. We love to tweet. We love to express ourselves. So I am curious to see what comes out of this. Maybe a new service comes out that is kind of like maybe it makes the government happy. As a matter of fact, there's even a, I think there's a sitting senator that has his own social media, but. I, nobody's using it that as I know of. Mm. So yeah, it's a very interesting space, and I think it just it's. It, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens from this, uh, and the, the innovations, the ideas that come out because this can. If there's no alternative, so the, like I mentioned in China, the alternatives to the leading tech companies, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, there isn't a direct alternative to Twitter in Nigeria right now. And so people are going to find a backdoor somehow, some way. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm optimistic that this, like, I'm not saying that things couldn't get worse politically in Nigeria or like they couldn't get more aggressive on about social networks, but I feel personally that the direction of things have swung a bit too in favor of the, how, how do I say it? Like, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding horrible, but... Um, the um politically <clears throat> give me a second let me let me let me let me try and choose my words better um we i do respect what the um what the social media organizations and the um people who are trying to 
enforce good speech, good behavior on these platforms and everywhere are trying to do. I understand. Hmm, let me say, I respect their motives, but I feel they have taken very heavy-handed, aggressive methods to do that. Now, a, a someone has tweeted something that you feel is problematic. I feel that whether you like that or not, maybe the best thing would have been to reach out to him and engage him privately with your views rather than delete the tweet. Mm, now so that's that, a cultural context now, right? Right. Now, I, I guess what I mean is in people from different parts of the world talk in different ways, express themselves in different ways, and what you may and, and they may be completely wrong in that the world is moving past the way we express ourselves this way, but mm. like trying to actively be seen as the, the place where your speech will get actively modified or censored could be bad news bears for them. And I don't like yeah. it, I, I don't think he was inciting genocide, but you know, I'm also the same type of person that would argue that I don't, you know, I like let, let, let me stick to this issue. But the point the, the point I'm getting at is that I feel that Twitter in their attempts to do what they think is right, they are overreaching in certain areas. And I agree. Ov overreaching is still overreaching even when you have good intents. And I hope that their good intents is enough to help people understand, appreciate, and be uh, and be understanding of the service. But I feel that it is also building a, these people are very powerful and feeling untouchable and above the law and above all sorts of this thing. And that image is going to be problematic for these social networks and all these platforms in the long run. And you see it with Google, like there are literally people who are making money off the idea that Google knows too much about you. And why don't you give me your information instead of giving it to Google? It's, it's a very ridiculous premise, but that is a perfectly reasonable and sound business model in 2021 all your data is with one person no 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 distribute it let me have some let these other guys have some so that no one person knows too much about you and it's ridiculous it's, it's crazy that that is even a thing but it is and it's working in many circles and so seeing a powerful like seeing twitter exercise themselves in this way could give rise to a decentralized network so it may not even be something that's created in nigeria but one that is like you can express yourself now if people don't like it or this thing 
they can let you know or something or you however you want to do it but the point is we're not going to delete your tweets so sort of like blockchain i guess you put out your message you've put out your message you live with the consequences of what you've said but we won't be the ones to delete that unless of course it's like you're you're posting child porn or some you, you get you get oh. my point yeah i i i i so I think so far I've been talking talking a lot more about what the government has done. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely some wisdom in these companies, big tech, understanding the regions. Because I think what happens is that there, there tends to be like a U.S.-centric way of democracy that doesn't quite fly in other regions of the world, even in Europe. Like the U.S. style of democracy isn't always like what you see sometimes EU talking about uh, anti-competitive practices and turning Apple to pay certain fine, that kind of thing. So every region has its own way of doing things. And I think Twitter opening an office in Ghana, probably one of the reasons it was to, I guess, understand the region better because it's it's not that easy, you know, staying right. away Silicon Valley. And you think by the Google search, you can understand how Nigerians think. Like you have to literally be on the ground and understand the governments, you know, the history of broadcasting, the history of communication in general and, and tailor, you know, I guess, let me, again, certain policies might fly in certain places, but it may not necessarily fly in Nigeria and other places. And so, it's definitely an interesting place to be. Uh, deleting a sovereign nation's, I mean, the high ranking and by far the number one citizen's tweets is a bold move in any scenario. And maybe Twitter saw it like, well, we deleted 45's tweet. Why can't we delete his? And yeah. then the go about is like, oh, okay, I guess that's. They, it's like they see that coming, where, um, where like in a, for instance, now this thing could have happened in the states because states has all these very powerful checks and balances, the so Supreme Court, judiciary, all these things that can counterbalance such a such an executive order. Nigeria right now, all the courts are on strike, all of them. <laughs> so, is it related to this or completely no. unrelated? Unrelated. So, like, even if there was a challenge to this decree, which usually won't happen, but let's let's even say there was, no one's on, on strike. Right. So the power lies strongly in the center, and that you know, if I guess if Twitter was, there could be other things that could have been done, but you know, it's, so like, remember when with with you know a lot of COVID even until now, if you say something wrong about COVID. You might get a sticker on your tweet saying, uh, mm-hmm. oh, "This is official." Exactly, fact checking. So, I don't know how Buhari would have reacted if a sticker was on his tweet, also, or some form of um, some form of uh, UI indication. But again, it's just one of those things where you can't necessarily always bring a U.S. style approach of doing things to a 
country like Nigeria and expect that, you know, everything's going to be, you know, nice and rosy. Unless, of course, Twitter feels like Nigeria is one of the other markets. But I do think that for them to have moved an office to Africa and Ghana, they do consider our region to be important enough to do that. I I remember something, um, so a different uh, tech company, um, Stripe, they acquired Paystack. And very recently, I think maybe in the last three months or so, they rolled out a service, Stripe Payment Pages. And I remember seeing this, this feature in Paystack years ago. And the CEO of Stripe or one of the founders of Stripe tweeted that, oh, sorry, posted on Hacker News that um, this feature, they saw it creep up in Paystack as well as in other uh, third third world country um, payment services that they have acquired or work with. And they saw it in India, they saw it in some places in Asia, and they mentioned, they, they specifically named Paystack. And for me, Stripe is, they're doing like, they're, there's innovation happening. And you would assume that by default, because Paystack has all, sorry, that Stripe has all the resources and all the money and all the connections that they would be where the innovation births for, from. But we're seeing it from fringe parts of their market where you know they haven't even fully gotten into Nigeria. They ended up acquiring a company and they see what this company has developed and they're now bringing this to their US market. And it's, yeah. a, very, it's a very well-received feature. Now, to me, this is them understanding their position that while they are the big tech, that they are subservient to the entire market and that they have a lot to learn from everyone and they have a lot to adapt and take from there to bring to the rest of the world. And so they see something in Nigeria, they bring it to the U.S. They see things in the U.S., they bring it to Nigeria, they bring it to the other markets and they are growing and profiting from that by that omnidirectional development. Twitter is very, we see the world this way and we push out that way. Yes. And, yes. That, and I feel like that is going to cause problems for them in the long term. I don't know, like the, the, the best way to describe it is they're building powerful enemies. And these are enemies that they don't need to compete with you on a technical level. They can they can sign some papers and make your life a living hell. And I'm not saying that is right or fair, but Twitter is rubbing up against these people. And um, I hope that I hope they know what they're doing because treating cultural differences and perspectives like genocidal talk is is probably going a bit too heavy-handed and not really understanding some things like i can tell his tweet is aggressive but i mean i'm pretty sure i've tweeted far more aggressive things on twitter i i, I there was a whole there was a time where i had like 
beef with some with, with, with someone in Nigeria on Twitter and it was like trending for days and that was just you know I, I like I bro uh, I didn't even know that about that <laughs> bro I like I wasn't even trying to be a like I, I I was I was heated in my tweet but like I wasn't like Nigerians talk recklessly let's put you, it that you, way you 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 kept it on wax mm, yep exactly uh, so, so somebody, somebody added. Um, what's what's that? What's the Nigerian lawyer on Twitter's name? Uh, what's his name? Chris Kiamo. No. Uh. Anikayode. No, I cannot remember. Um. Is it a lady? No, it's a guy. It's like an older gentleman, and um, I think he even like got into trouble on Twitter a little while ago. Because of uh, I don't know. Anyways, the point is, um, I feel that I I see where they're coming from from their perspective. But then you'd have to like grow up around old Nigerian people and hear how they talk to understand or at least take that context. And I feel I also feel a lot of young people online are just <clears throat> maybe this is a completely different beef. But they are very, very <laughs> rude. And I, 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 I don't. I, I know what you mean. I, I, I don't. Mean, like... I don't even mean it for myself. I just mean like people are just like the good morals and values that we should have grown up with. It feels like somewhere along the line, some people were just missing that lesson, and they all found themselves on Twitter, and, and they are completely happy to insult you someone who's old enough to be their grandfather and just, you know, like act like it was nothing that just happened. And I like, maybe, maybe it's just the whole, maybe it's just me, but like, I'm just like, wow, like who raised you? Where did you grow up? Like, but. I, I think what happened also is that I think Twitter created this, if I use the word utopia in people's minds that everywhere is like the U.S., so mm-hmm. like, oh, you're free to say what you want. You can attack this person. You can say, and that's part of the reason why I think I've also cut down my Twitter usage because I, I, because I really I got tired of all of the nonsense I was seeing and I, I haven't seen, and mm-hmm. people just feel like they can say what they want without any consequences. And I'm just like, bro, did you know about Isaac's third love? No. Of motion, is it third law? One of them, sure. Every action gets an equal reaction. I don't know what law it was, but yeah, like th- there are consequences, you know. Right. And I do believe that there are issues. I believe that there are things that need to be taken care of. I I think the government isn't progressive enough as far as like policies and entrepreneurship and just. Just the economy in general, I, that's, if you ask me personally, I agree. And I don't know, I'm not really sure. It's one of those hard places where it's like, we've tried protesting. I think right now the best bet is just to vet who you want to vote for and hopefully get more grassroots. Actually, there are things that, that can be done. I mean, think about like the last elections where, you know, we saw huge amounts of black people and other races decided. Oh, right. Not in Nigeria. But you see, 
There, but but you see, if we. Bro, if I was we just making. I was just making clear because you said last election, and I was trying to, and then you said. Oh yeah, yeah. Last okay. elections in the states. Gotcha. Where where people became more much more granular, like yes, you can voting for the president is important, but vote for who you want to see in this district and that district, and you know, like getting very granular as far as like who you want in the office. Mm-hmm. And I feel like many Nigerians and maybe people who grew up in our own social circle, we are not we are very happy to tweet and say, oh the government is this, government is that. But tell them, okay, oh yeah, go and start, you know, start go to Bariga, go to all this, go to the look to the cricks and crannies, go to places where you can actually vote for your local government chairman, that kind of thing. They're not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we don't have and I maybe that maybe that needs to change first. And hope I'm just demanding the kind of leadership we want. Thankfully, we have some form of democracy. I say some form with a big capital S. But um, yeah, I think you just so this is outside, of course, of whatever Twitter has done. But what I'm, what I'm saying now is if you do not like the policies that are happening, if you feel like tech is being stifled and there isn't enough innovation there and all that stuff, I think it's time to start thinking grassroots and hopefully slowly that builds up, you know. But I don't know, that's just anyway. I- I, I hear you, and I just, I guess my my thing is, I do strongly believe that there is hope for tech in Nigeria. Um, it's just, um, we if we, it's, it may not be easy to see where that hope or change is coming from, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just growing in a corner that we can't see. And um, I, I guess... The, my takeaway from the actions of Nigeria and Twitter's interaction is that both parties, both Nigeria, the government, and Twitter, the organization, are maybe overestimating their power, and yeah. both of them, both of them could be disrupted. Like the thing that might disrupt Nigeria might not be Twitter. And the thing that might disrupt Twitter might not be Nigeria, but both of them are on precarious mm. feet. And so there's one thing about like when you're on the top, the only way to go is down. <laughs> so um, both of them are feeling very comfortable and, and butting heads, you know, exercising their power. Oh, you deleted my tweet. I can block your network from uh, this thing. But they can all, they can both cause knock-on effects for each other. And, you know, the people that really, this or this knock-on effects of titans clashing is creates opportunities for new things to happen. Um, new way, like somebody might wake up tomorrow and build a, an SMS gateway where you make a text. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up too. Like, yes, continue, sorry. Yeah, someone can just make a, uh, like uh, what, what what are the short code things where you text to a short code and that short code forwards to a bunch of services one of them could include twitter and then you know that might be the killer feature but then ultimately build out a a a, a service that ends up bringing more people online you know and t- twitter might have just been a part of like getting the first set of people on it who knows how this thing will go or what what someone will build 
or or all of that. The point here is that neither party is untouchable and change can happen for any and both of them. And so um, I, I believe that change is coming. Um, I just don't know what it looks like, uh, but I'm excited to see where things will change and where things will go. I think that's a good way to wrap up the, the talk. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I do think no Nigerians were, were very resilient and <laughs> something will come out of this. And I'm, I'm just watching the space. But yeah, I think in, that's in our history. More setbacks, we come back stronger. More setbacks, we come back stronger. Yep. And I, I think, well, you know, I, I, I can't say what's going to change, but I definitely do believe something, something will change. Yep. Anyway, that's, I think, for me? No, that's it. I, I completely agree with you. The change is coming. It's just who or where, I don't know, but change yeah. is coming. That, that's a fact. For sure, for sure. Anyhow, I think uh, we had a really good talk today, and I, I didn't think we'll delve so much on Twitter, but it's a huge discussion. And but I guess it just goes to show how much we can, you know, dissect when it comes to tech back home. And we just talk about that. We just talked on Twitter today. I mean, there's so much more we can decipher. So hopefully, in future talks, we can go a little deeper and rub minds as far as like innovations, interesting products, services, and yeah, man, that, but today was pretty good talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy. And uh, I learned something about what's going on in that space right now. That is shocking to me, but you know, like at the same time, um, the last year or two has been filled with, surprising changes uh, i mm. think i've hint- hinted at some very personal ones uh, that happened to me and so i'm just aware that anything can change in 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 like the shortest amount of time and um you just sort of the the nature of being in business or being in any sort of industry these days is expecting rapid on r- rapid maybe not even sensible change. Like it'll be change that just like might defy logic, but that's the new order and yeah. everyone has to march to this beat. And, um, you know, so I, I wish Nigeria the best. I wish Twitter the best. And um, I hope that both, both can coexist in harmony, but um, who knows what will happen by tomorrow? Tomorrow, 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 Jack Darcy might my, my, my buy a private army and, and decide to. <laughs> you just invade. My guy will be in Agbada and Kafta and like, hey. <laughs> you, you say, uh, Buari, so you, so you people have trenches. Don't worry, I have money to buy soldiers. Let's, <laughs> let's do war. <laughs> oh. You never know, man. But I, I honestly, that I think that's the joy of life. You never know what's gonna happen next. You, you just never gotta, know, my brother. You never know. Anything can play out. Let's just sit here and be grateful and do the best we can with what we have. And so, I hope Nigeria and Twitter take that message and do the best they they can, and you know, are better for the interactions. Yes, boss. All right, man. So next time, this is a great talk. Have a good one, bro. You too. Take care, Mr. Frames. Take care.